The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. I'm joined by my other regular guest, Robert Larson, joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, great to be with you. Yeah, so um, apparently there's an update on one of the stories that we have been covering on uh, the show about a query that uh, there's, it's basically a development or a business development that the city of Temecula doesn't seem too crazy about, but Riverside officials want to see it come through. Um, What's the update to that? Yeah, this is an ongoing thing here for actually for a few years, this whole uh, business of putting in a rock quarry right outside of Temecula. And it's uh, there are some citizens who want this, thinking it'll create jobs, but it seems like the majority of citizens are against it, being concerned about all the dust kicked up by this and all the noise and all the extra traffic on the roads with the trucks moving out there, tons of uh, granite. And it's a, the city of Temecula seems to be not real keen on this and that would sort of make sense because if most of the public is against it, you know, they, they need to get reelected. However, yeah. the Riverside County officials seem to be a little more friendly to it, and they just voted three to two to uh, fast-track approval process. And uh, it's still not, this still doesn't mean it's totally going through, but the, uh, who is it, the uh, Granite Construction has just come out with a revised Liberty Quarry project where it's going to be less trucks coming out every day, less tonnage, less dust kicked up, less years they're actually going to be working there. So trying to kind of like, well, we have this plan and this is great and you all should approve it. Oh, well, you don't seem to be approving it. Hey, we've got a new plan that's a little less invasive. And so that's going on. And and the, like I said, the county officials seem to be more on board with that. City officials, not so much. And so it's just it's just an ongoing battle. It's not dead one way or the other. And we'll keep you posted on that. Yeah. What does fast track exactly mean? Is it just skipping environmental impact reports or is it preventing people from suing like with uh, the new farmers field in L.A.? I mean, fast track is kind of a it's one of those words that's thrown about by politicians and it's become a cliche for you know, we're going to ram this through really fast and it means different things. So what does fast track really mean? Well, they're just saying it's (laughs) (laughs) expedited scrutiny. And then they're not going into a lot of uh, detail about what that means. But I think, yeah, it's, it's not as much red tape. They're uh, allowing it to, like I said, they didn't give a lot of details, but I'm just thinking like you're thinking that some of the environmental regulations were going to allow that to be less time that it's going to be required to gather all that, less uh, pages to fill out, all those kinds of things. But it uh, it just does seem that the uh, Riverside County is, is more on board with it. Yeah, yeah. So in Marietta, I believe there's a ballot initiative regarding red light cameras, and some of the news reports have been um, kind of revelations about what the red light cameras actually did. What are those? Well, it's really interesting. Uh, this is a lot of people worked out, worked up about it. A lot of citizens because they've gotten the tickets. <laughs> yeah. And you just feel, and you also feel kind of uneasy when you drive through those intersections where the lights are at, and you just are. You know, if you, the light turns yellow, normally you're just going to be, okay, I've got enough time. I'm 
going to speed through, but then you, you start thinking about it and you start double, you know, second guessing yourself. And it's a, I don't know, it's a little unnerving to mm -hmm. me as well as to other people, but, uh, and, and you almost cannot fight the ticket. So people are not really happy about it. So the, the sort of accepted notion that most people have is that it's a cash grab by the authorities, in this case would be the city of Murrieta. But uh, what they're saying here in this article that was in the Press Enterprise was that the uh, Murrieta only gets a small slice of the money from each ticket. And they're uh, getting estimated the cameras brought in $90,000 for their first five years, which I don't really think is that much, 90000 divided by five. Yeah. It's not a lot of money. But uh, <laughs> the thing I'm this is not really mentioned in this article is <laughs> the companies that produce these red light cameras, how much money are they making and what kind of contracts are, are they getting? And as we've talked about on the show previously, they seem to have ties to the people who are, are for <laughs> legislation that will allow the cameras to continue and actually very much against putting this on the ballot uh, so that voters can vote the red light cameras out so yeah that that came up in an earlier article the uh, their ties there so it, it as it stands now it's on the ballot people will be able to vote in the general election and I have a pretty strong feeling that people are gonna vote the cameras out yeah and, uh, but there's a thing, a tie-in with the uh, Sacramento, uh, Governor Jerry Brown signed a bill last week, or two weeks ago, uh, where, what is this, SB 1303 would require that cameras be installed only where there are safety concerns and block cities from using them to generate revenue. Yeah. But as I said, I think Murrieta would have this argument that we're, we're not really generating revenue but then again it is still it is 90,000 maybe that generating revenue clause is is an all or nothing if you're generating one dollar from it then that can't they can't be used it can only be put in place if there's a real safety issue yeah uh, and I, I think people would agree with that oh definitely one of the reasons why I don't like it is it seems like there's private contractors that put the cameras in and operate them and then they get a fee and so the city has to split the fee with the private industry so it's 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 basically privatizing a portion of city funds. And that, you know, when you have a profit motive in a red light camera, how long does a yellow last? That's my first thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I, I've sort of been trying to look at that, but I haven't done it in any scientific manner. But whenever I'm out on these lights, just kind of trying to feel it out a little. Yeah. But I don't know if there's a regulation that can't be adjusted on that or not. But it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that great if it's a cash cow for the city, but I even feel worse about it if it's a situation where a private entity is making a bunch of money off of this. Yeah, as well. Um, the other thing I'm always surprised at is we have a lot of bad drivers in California because California is not Germany where they actually make you learn how to drive. Um, <laughs> I was, I've was, i always wondered, like, in my own head when I'm at one of these stoplights where it's obviously camered up, I'm surprised like elderly people don't completely get flustered with do I stop, do I go, and decision, and then stopping in the middle of the intersection. Well, I get a little <laughs> flustered myself. You know? <laughs> I, I consider myself a pretty good driver, and I, I have a pretty decent record to prove that. But uh, you, you know, you just feel a little weird. Yeah, it, it is. It, you feel like someone's watching you as you cross the intersection. It's very odd. Speaking of thinking that someone's watching you, um, bunker. I guess there's a bunker ordinance not to build them, and the survivalists are up in arms. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of weird. I, uh, I didn't know that there was an issue of people wanting to build a lot of bunkers out in Menifee. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Apparently there is. And, uh, you know, I associate the bunker building uh, with the 1960s when we had the Cuban Missile Crisis and everybody was concerned that a nuclear attack was uh, imminent. And actually a lot of people made a lot of money <laughs> building bunkers under people's houses in Orange County. And I remember as a child uh, seeing these people having doorways going into the ground. And I was wondering, what the heck is that? And and later sort of figured out what it was. So I, I didn't, you know, I don't think that's a, people think about that anymore. And people sort of generally realize that if there is a nuclear attack, a bunker isn't really going to do you much good. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's really strange that people are even thinking about this, and you do wonder: are these kind of survivalist type people? And uh, but, but the fact is, the city passed this ordinance because I guess a lot of people were wanting to build them, and they're wanting, so the thing is they're wanting to put in regulations, and you got to do a soil study, and blah blah blah. <laughs> and um, which you know maybe legitimate to have all those concerns as the city, but it's just strange the reactions that are going back and forth and. There was one of the uh, public officials who uh, said that, <laughs> what is this here? Uh, it was a concern for some uh, bunker app applicants, and that was that the, the underground highway is intended to protect the homeowners in case the disaster strikes. But if nearby residents know there is a bunker nearby and an emergency happens, everyone may rush to it. <laughs> Just, I couldn't help thinking of this Twilight Zone episode where somebody had built a bunker and everyone else kind of laughed at them. And then there was like a imminent bomb attack and everybody went nuts and was killing each other to get into the bunker and so it, it just seems like there's some sort of apocalyptic or survivalist thinking going on right out here in Menifee and uh, just uh, doesn't totally surprise me. No, I can see dad digging a hole in the ground all sweaty in the sun and the kids think they're getting a swimming pool and then when they find out it's a bunker it's like Santa died. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the picture I'm conjuring up in my head on this story. Um, anyways, so apparently we were talking about a few weeks ago where we haven't really seen bumper stickers for Romney or Obama. I still have not seen that many uh, stickers either way, but I do see more Romney stickers now. At least I'm, they're coming out. So apparently there's a lot more Romney voters uh, in Orange County and in Inland Empire than in the more uh, urban areas like L.A., um, is this what you've been noticing as well? or? Yeah, I have uh, noticed a lot less Obama stickers this time around than there was in 2008, and that goes along with polling, that the enthusiasm for Obama is way down from what it was four years ago. Um, but, yeah, so starting to see a fair amount of Romney stickers out here, definitely more than Obama stickers. So I work with the public, and I talk to a lot of people out here, and it's just interesting the conversations you'll get into. And there was one old guy, guy in his 80s I was talking to, who I wasn't you know, even bringing up politics, and he's just like, oh, I'm so happy we're going to be getting rid of that Obama. And so I said, oh, so you think the other guy's going to be better? And he says, oh, yeah, he's a businessman. That's what we need, a businessman. Yeah. And he said, well, running the country isn't the same as running a business. In fact, it's very different. He's, oh, no, no, no. Of <laughs> and, course not. And he said, we need a businessman in there. I said, well, you know, the last two times we put businessmen in there, it turned out to be pretty disastrous. And I was thinking of 
Herbert Hoover and George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say those names to him, but I said, it hasn't worked out too well when we've done that. And he says, oh, well, we'll just agree to disagree. God. <laughs> and this with, uh, you know, with Romney supporters, and uh, I'm not saying there aren't problems with Obama, uh, but uh, um, with Romney supporters, there just seems to be no reasoning behind it. It's, it seems to be a very emotional thing. And when you bring up things that counter their supposed points, it, 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 it just falls apart. And they, yeah. they don't know where these people are coming from other than just like an emotionalism. Yeah, and the other thing too is a lot of their points when they when they talk about Romney and they talk about Ben Capital, it's just like another world. It's like this neither world where it doesn't exist about some of his accomplishments. Yeah, um, I just uh, yeah, it's like they don't want to hear it, and and it's just like I think people are are feeling sort of that we're in a crisis, which we are. Um, as far as the economy, I mean, I I think in some ways there have been some improvements, but it's still not good at all. And so people, when you're in that kind of situation, they start grasping. And the last time the economy, well, like worldwide, was really bad during the Great Depression. Yeah. People embraced fascism. People want something. They they want like a very black and white answer. They want someone who's going to they feel is going to take charge and just going to ram things through and uh, they want that stern father figure yeah and uh and romney somewhat portrayed that in the first debate with obama and a lot of people are very susceptible to that and they just the logic of it and the how it will actually work out they don't really care they just want someone who's going to step in there and just start throwing his weight around and uh uh, and it just goes back way into human evolution, way back, you know, pre-human, and the whole thing of the alpha male, and then somebody just wants someone that just just kind of steps into that role, and they don't want someone that's uh, nice or intellectual. Yeah, because intellectual is gay, obviously. <laughs> so, I think people feel that way. Yeah, yeah. So um, part of you were saying we are in kind of a disaster mode at the moment still, even though that jobs are, quote unquote, being created. And it's usually in the low wage sector, which Obama supporters don't talk about. Um, the landscape in the Inland Empire is changing. Abandoned strip malls are kind of uh, morphing. What are they morphing to? Well, there's one that I've noticed in particular right out here in the Murrieta area is uh, a mall right off the freeway, a kind of large outdoor strip mall. There's kinds that sell, uh, they have like a big furniture store, that all these kind of home furnishings and nice high-end furniture. And then there'll be another store next to it that sells like uh, tile and all kinds of things for putting a lot of money into your home. And so during this economy, now that the housing bubble has burst, there are people aren't doing that so much. A lot of people have lost their homes, but people that used to be homeowners are now renters, so they're not going to be buying all of that stuff. If they do still own their homes, they're being kind of a little more tight-fisted with their money. Everyone's trying to not spend so much. So high-end furniture and remodeling your kitchen, people aren't going to be doing that. And so those stores have just slowly gone out of business. You've seen this mall, which is a fairly new mall, is just kind of almost abandoned. And so somebody got the idea to kind of change it over, and now they're kind of trying to make it more entertainment-oriented, and they've opened up a comedy club, which is actually doing quite well, because there's not a lot of nightlife entertainment out here. Yeah. 
die. So, and people that may not have a thousand bucks to go out and spend to buy a really nice piece of furniture, they, you know, going out to spend 25 bucks to...